The Liquor Lab Podcast is a Liquor Lab production. Welcome to Episode 7 of the Liquor Lab Podcast. Finding your passion and resume scrapes and bots. Super excited about both of these topics. Liquorlab.com, all your needs, entrepreneurial services, career consulting, anything you need that's related to your journey. Have questions, need feedback, reach out to us, liquorlab.com. Without further ado, let's get into it. Episode seven, finding your passion, resume scrapes and bots. Enjoy. All right. Welcome to episode seven of the podcast. We want to kick things off with an email I received. Ryan, thank you for your interest in Whole Foods Market and your recent application for the part-time grocery team member in Paramus, New Jersey. We have reviewed your submission and application and considered your qualification. At this time, we have decided to pursue other applicants. (laughs) Are you joking, bro? (laughs) This was a very difficult decision given the high volume of applicants and quality of the candidate. We encourage you to search our career site often and apply to other positions as our job openings are updated frequently. Blah, blah, blah. Sincerely yours, the Whole Foods Marketing Recruiting Team. So I applied to a part-time grocery team member position at the Whole Foods in Paramus, New Jersey. The job responsibilities. Ensures a fresh and appealing display by keeping cases and shelves clean and a well-stocked by front-facing checking codes, rotating and removing out out-of-date products. Stocks and cleans grocery shelves, bulk bins, frozen and dairy cases, monitors and prevents spoilage and communicates waste to buyers, team leaders, and ship supervisors. Let's just skip ahead. Maximizes sales potential through effective and proper procedures for prepping, storing, rotating, stocking, and merchandising products. Sounds like it's repeating something earlier. Job skills. There was a whole lot more, but let's move on to job skills. Abraham, you with me on this kid i'm very surprised right now but okay job skills ability to sell proactive ability to learn basic knowledge of all products carried in the department ability to visually examine products for quality and freshness ability to meet customer service expectations standards in all interactions with customers vendors and team members ability to follow directions and procedures effective time management organization skills passion for natural foods and the mission of foods market strong work ethic and ability to work (laughs) maybe that's why you didn't get the job probably (laughs) strong work ethic and the ability to work in a fast-paced environment with a sense of urgency understanding of and compliance with whole foods market quality goals so here here you have it there is a huge problem going on when you apply for jobs and it's called the resume scraper or the resume bot Basically, and I have inside information, basically, when you apply to a position, your resume is scraped for keywords that somebody plugged in who feels that these words are the primary terms. It's basically SEO, search engine optimization for that position. You put in the resume, they look for the words, they either move you forward as a candidate or reject you. There's a huge problem. What if I was super, super desperate for work? I have an MBA from Fordham University. I graduated with honors. I have a undergrad degree from Stony Brook University. And here I am submitting my resume to the pool of applicants for the part-time grocery team member and I get rejected. Dude, something I love and without getting like touchy-feely about it, but something I love about you is that you're not like scared to like show everybody the fact that you got rejected from Whole Foods. Well, it's it's not even about it, it's it's really about the the, the technology the technology yeah, supplementing yeah, yeah. for human eyes and and really 
considering candidates, especially in this COVID environment. I spoke about it in the last pod. How could I apply for this position and get rejected? I have worked retail. <laughs> I have worked at Walmart at one point when I needed to make ends meet. And I am being rejected for the part-time grocery team. Of course I want to share it because right now with all this technology in place of the human eye, especially in this environment, these systems are missing out on candidates. Just because I didn't put the keywords in my resume doesn't mean I'm not a candidate. And that's a huge problem. So what if I needed this paycheck, I ran out of unemployment and I wanted to be a part-time grocery team member. I've been to Whole Foods. I know I'm a little more qualified. Nothing, let me, nothing against the people that work there, but I know that I am qualified for this position to make ends meet. I would make the best of it. Somebody always told me when I, when I was working, I was working at Saks Fifth Avenue in retail. They used to have a meeting in the morning. This, this store manager used to come down every morning when she was on it, give us the whole thing, always wrapped up with, okay, thank you, everybody. I appreciate everyone being on time and have fun with it. So no matter what the position I took, if I was stocking shelves or I was in the health and wellness section or had to take a job at a Sephora, I would make the absolute best of it and have fun with it. The fact that I can't get past the bot really makes me question what the keywords were for this position, why I was rejected, and who are they accepting? Well, I mean, yeah. I've seen- I feel like what they're looking for, since you couldn't make it, is like a CEO position. No, but on a serious note, though, like, what do you CEO, think- You have to have CEO yeah, qualifications a- <laughs> to be a grocery <laughs> team member. Dude, it's because you, you don't own a Whole Foods. You can't work at one. But I guess not. So what do you what do you say to the kids that are applying right now and need to find a like me? Like need to find a job, but every every posting you post to, they say, Oh, we didn't like your thing or whatever. So how do you We didn't like your profile, we didn't like your resume. If I redid my resume and just made bullets of all the job responsibilities, maybe I would have got passed. I don't know. There's no guarantees. I know I was a perfect fit for a position. It was basically my resume and I didn't get selected. It's not like you're in the medical field. This is my advice. It's not like you're in the medical field where the procedure is called X throughout the entire country. The treatment is called Y throughout the entire country. When you do something that's unique to a brand and unique to a a, a boutique atmosphere. So my advice would be, and we talk about this at the Liquor Lab, hybrid. If you wanted to apply to the Whole Foods position only, take the Whole Foods job description, take the job skills, take the job responsibilities, and just reword them, make them shorter, just have the core essence of maintains back stock in a good order, maintains stock, manages back stock in certain departments, something like that. If you were applying and your passion was logistics and operations and you want to get into it, I would go to a few grocery stores, see what their stock, nighttime shifts, all their job responsibilities and skills, and I'd build your profile based on that. So, but there's no guarantees because at the end of the day, even with these positions, the only resumes that are viewed by people are the ones that make it through the scrapers and the bot, which is really unfortunate because there is a lot of talent out there that's not getting selected. This is not the first time this has happened to me. I applied for a job at another company that, like I said, was an exact fit to my profile. And because I didn't say things the way they worded the job description and the keywords, I was rejected. But because I had a back channel, I was able to get in front of the hiring manager and the human resource person. And they deemed I was qualified and they put me back into the queue. So this is really concerning. Wait, for our some viewers like me, um, what do you mean by back channel? Like back channel as in I had a connection at 
at the company who knew someone in HR that put me in touch. It's very rare. This is not normal. It could be something if you if you were applying to something and you and someone who worked at the company went to the University of New Mexico, you were rejected, but then you reached out to that person and said, hey, I was rejected. Let's say you are, you're applying for a job and you're rejected, but someone at that company works at the University of New Mexico. They could have that back channel for you to find the rec, go to the HR person and present your profile. So you could reach out to that person from the University of New Mexico and that could be your back channel where you are connecting with someone, they get your profile in front of the HR person, in front of the hiring manager, and you're able to get in the queue. So it's rare, but if you work your network enough, you'll be able to create those back channels and those opportunities when you need them if you're not making it past the bot or the scraper. Like I said, people are getting desperate out there. I said it in the previous podcast. People need work. But if you are a seasoned professional and executive, it's going to be tough if you can't make it past a resume scraper. So Ryan, you were, I don't want to like talk on this too much, but I have a random question. So I know you were in like a high management position before. Did you have that resume bought at your company or did you actually look like when you were hiring people like tuxedo guy? Yeah. Good question. I actually looked at every resume on my own. I looked at the resume and I had a few things. So to answer your question, I did not have these bots are in these major companies where it doesn't get to a human in that first scrape. If you're applying to these big companies, you're sending your your profile into a pool and these bots or scrapers are looking for the keywords. For me, when I hired Tuxedo Guy, I was going through hundreds of resumes looking at portfolio portfolio, just, just total talent is what was the level of talent of that person and their skills. But that's for a company. Yeah, we were very profitable and we made money and we generated a lot of revenue. We didn't have the infrastructure and global presence to put in this type of HR system. And that you see they're provided by a few places. Workday is one that is definitely common throughout all these big companies that you create your profile and you send it in and then you hope you get it passed. It's just tough. In this COVID situation, there is a lot technology in place. I mean, listen, there were there were resume scrapers and bots in place before COVID, but now these things are unreliable, as you could clearly see. And it's a big problem. It's a big problem. If you have any experiences like this, where you apply for a part-time job, you have an MBA, or you're just really overqualified and you need this work to survive, if you have any stories, like to share it with us, email us at info at You could DM us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all platforms. Drop us a note. We'd love to hear from you. Now, with that said, and I could finally get past my Whole Foods part-time grocery team member rejection, Abraham, what's on your mind this week? What's on my mind this week has been on my mind ever since I was in high school, but I never like addressed it. So when I was, so when I was actually going to New York to visit friends and family in 2016, I actually fell in love with the city because of the nightlife and the ambiance. And I wanted to wear a suit every day to work, stuff like that. But then I realized, honestly, it's not really like passion. Like it doesn't give me like crazy reason to jump out of bed in the morning. So I was asking you about what doesn't give you that passion to jump out of bed every morning? Just like- that. 
that just like, just yeah that that motivation wasn't there with like a job in finance or something it wasn't really like speaking to me like this but how crazy do you know way that? how do you know that because if you i feel like if i would were to be in that position if money wasn't a factor i wouldn't do that job i want to be able to find a okay, profession answer. i would do it even if it were making me minimum wage does that make sense 100 percent. and i'll give you a quick example liquor lab we're losing money at the liquor lab <laughs> i'm serious yeah i'm serious it takes a lot of determination and you know no one's paying me to to update the site to redesign the site which i've done two or three times in the last two weeks i really want to settle on a direction i feel i have but no one's paying me for that i'm just motivated so yes i completely understand what you're saying so and then my second question from that is how do you find that job how do you find that career and passion in your life because I think that's a major question for like a lot of guys. I was having this conversation actually with my friend and he was doing the exact same I was thing I was doing, but in a different world. He was pursuing something in the medical field just because he knew it made a lot of money. But in reality, he was having more fun talking about entrepreneurship with me. So I think that this is like an issue that a lot of kids have my age. Okay, I could say a few things about that. You know, you're not going to just all of a sudden, it's not something that you could be consciously looking for. I spoke about this with Professor Sacco during our speaking engagement at the University of New Mexico. By the way, that podcast is up. You could download it and watch it on YouTube, liquorlab.com. What I told Professor Sacco, you have to have the passion and the idea first before you monetize the passion and the idea. So it's very, very difficult. So you're going to encounter starts and stops and failures. And does this work? Does that work? Is this good? Do I really like this anymore? I was good at logistics and operations for a very long time. And I started to move myself into design and Photoshop. I really had a passion for these tools. And it was through working with a creative team because a company was moving in a new direction. I was always a marketer. I was always looking for ways to improve user experience, to improve the overall user interface of tools and internal B2B, B2C. I was always looking to create a better emotional experience. But I got, I really discovered that, that it could be a career with digital marketing and keep talking on, you know, emotional response. When I was younger, I loved playing music. I loved, you know, break dancing and how the people reacted. And I always wanted to create positive emotional responses in people's lives. And that was, you know, making videos and, and just doing all of these things. One day I was editing video. The next day I was going trying to sell the process video. And then the next day I'm, you know, working customer service. It was all tied into this creating emotional responses that I felt as a little kid. So where are you going to find these opportunities? You just have to make them for yourself. You have to find out what makes you tick, what motivates you. Does entrepreneurship motivate you? Does speaking to people? I always was a talker. I always wanted to be the head presenter in all. Oh my God, my Fordham people are laughing at me right now. But yeah, I wanted to be the presenter in the class when there was a project. I wanted to be front and center on stage delivering for the group. And sure enough, it turned into a podcast. It turned into giving advice through my through my experience. It morphs into a whole lot of things, but it's up to you to give your experiences. And it's and it's very interesting that you say that, you know, you wanted to be in finance for the money. <clears throat> if you find something 
something you're passionate about, the money will come because a true entrepreneur and a true self-starter will figure out a way to monetize what he or she is doing. So let me ask about like a personal experience or a personal question. We talked about, we never like really got into depth about it, but I wanted to ask you. So I wanted to look into real estate investment and without being able to put all of my cards into it, how do I like kind of test it out and see if I like it? Because I'm not in that world at all. I don't have any friends in that world, no colleagues. So how do I dip my toes in the water without becoming a real estate agent and having to take the classes and all that? I don't know if you're going to like this answer, but the truth is in order to feel the real experience of something, you need to go all into it. You know, example, Win Day One, Liquor Lab. Win Day One, I never went in all the way with Win Day One. I never went in all the way with the process video. I never went in all the way with a Madden tournament. Had I gone in all the way, maybe I would have liked it. Maybe I would have not liked it. There's nothing wrong with failing and saying, I don't like this. You're young enough right now. Listen, if you're 50 and you're dying for money and you're going to turn your life into a, you're passionate about real estate and you want to go all in. Oh no. And you want to test the waters of it. I don't know if that's a good idea. If you really love it and you want to go, go all in, because if you really love something and committed to it, you have a passion for it. Getting into the example of real estate, you're not going to get the full experience unless you go a hundred percent in and commit to it. The liquor lab in this podcast is what it is today. And I'm, I, and like I said, I'm losing money, but I love it. I'm passionate about it. Do I want to fucking monetize it? Hell yeah. Am I trying to? Yes, but I'm not, I didn't go into it with the immediate aspiration that I'm going to transform this idea into money in two weeks. It's a long process. You're not going to see the benefits of your dedication right away. It doesn't happen like it just doesn't happen like that. It could happen. You could become an overnight sensation. I mean, it happens to people. Somebody hears it. Somebody sees your work. Somebody hires you. And all of a sudden you're in, you're where you want to be, but you need to commit and do something that's based around your passion. Are you getting into, you want to get into real estate because it makes a lot of money? Is that why you're thinking about it? Or what do you have a passion for? What Abraham, what are your passions right now? As we, as we talk, what are your passions? My passions would involve, I like to talk to people a lot. I like to communicate with people a lot. When I was a server, that was probably my most, like I was, I never looked like when I was going to work, I was never like, oh, I'm going to work. This sucks. Every time I went to work as a server, I, I was so happy because I had so much fun because I was talking to people, getting cash and tips. Like it was fun. But no, like something you said, I, I've noticed that a lot of your principles revolve around just committing and going for it. Of course, if you're not going to commit and be able to take failure on as you go or say this isn't working for me you know somebody told me and I thought they were completely wrong and I still believe they were completely wrong I was working at David Yerman someone called me into an office and said you're not good at this job I was like huh you're not good at this I'm letting you go and at that point there were other factors involved this executive just took control he had his own team coming in I was battling uphill a lot not that that was an excuse. That's just the fact of the matter. Somebody comes in, they have their own team from a previous uh, position. The positions at jewelry companies, luxury good companies, they're very interchangeable. So you could bring over your team and without much of a learning curve, they're on and they're producing. So I was working uphill. Guy calls me in the office. He says, listen, this isn't for you. I'm letting you go. Financial crisis is happening. They just let go a whole bunch 
of people. So fine. But I thought in my head, this guy's wrong. I'm going to prove him wrong. I know he's wrong. But think about it. What if that I don't do that work anymore? I didn't want to do that work anymore. So maybe it wasn't that I wasn't, that job wasn't for me. Maybe I wasn't good enough to do that job. Maybe I was just outgrowing this position and it wasn't where I wanted to be in my life. It wasn't, it wasn't optimizing me as a, as an asset and a human resource for any brand, not just David Yerm. So there comes a time where you're going to have people have called it a come to Jesus moment where you say, this isn't for me or this is for me. I've tried to sell a lot of products in my life for people. And I am going to get into this on a future episode. I feel like I'm more passionate and dedicated to their brands than they are. So there comes this crossroad where you either have to move forward, go all in, or you have to say, this is not for me. And it might be that you're not good at it, or it might be you found something else. That's okay. I'll tell you this, in order for you to have a great future and stability, the more things you try early on in your life and fail and succeed and then later on fail, you're going to set yourself up for success because you'll be prepared for anything and everything. It's funny. I never thought to ask you because you were like, oh, I want to move to New York. But this and that, New York, New York, New York, finance, finance, finance. And all of a sudden, radio silence. And yeah. there was not much of an interest from you in that. And I didn't really want to, I'm hard on you enough as it is. So I was like, oh, let's just let him breathe here for a second. Yeah, I know what you mean. And it's not, I think it's like more of the career that I'm looking for. Like the lifestyle looks really cool to work on Wall Street, but it doesn't excite me to go to work every day. You know what I mean? What excites for, you? For, for, for excites some reason, you? going to the but for some reason, go to the pizza shop every day was the most exciting job I ever had. If you're passionate about something, the paycheck is secondary. Yes, it has to be something that's substantial or could help you live. But I don't think that you are motivated solely by the paycheck. And you don't want to live where you're fighting for every dollar. And the only way that you're going to get motivated to be passionate about something is... Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, I don't agree with that. I think you have it's, to... I think it's a mixture of things. For me, it's definitely a mixture of things. Like, it was exciting to be like, okay, I have to do really, really, really good with this table to get 20 bucks because I know I need to pay rent next week. For me, it's like a mixture of things. But the number one thing was I loved talking to customers and I loved meeting new people. Okay, so what are you passionate about? You said that, yes, you like talking to people. Great. What are you passionate about that you have that? Okay, so you have that idea. Now, how do you monetize your passion for interacting with people? And how do you create something that you could grow and scale based on this passion? And you know what? You don't. You shouldn't have the answer right now, but you should be trying things. Whether it's real estate, you might want to call up a local real estate person and don't be a afraid to do see people used to tell me this and i'll be like oh yeah yeah i'm gonna call up the local real estate hey my name's ryan and i'd like to shadow you for a day and uh, <laughs> you know you sound like a total asshole and a dork but you know what who the fuck cares you're asking you have to ask in order to receive in something things yeah. don't just fall into your lap you have to ask hey, I'm really thinking about because I have a passion for interacting with people and I really want to help people. I was thinking about going to the real estate business. Would you mind if I tagged along or watched how you set up an open house or how your day-to-day -day is? I have a really big interest in this field and I don't feel like I'm going to know until I get that experience and I don't want to put all these resources, whether it's financial, whether it's all these other... See, people on... If you ever watch Bar Rescue, people just go in blindly and build a bar 
bar and they think it's all going to work out, right? Those people should have shadowed a bar owner or called up a general manager, went into a bar, said, hey, do you mind if I play intern for a day or I, I shadow you for the day and see the day-to-day -day operations of a bar owner or a bar general manager, how they deal with people, scheduling. These things are lost because a lot of people have the money before they know what they're truly passionate about. And hence, bar rescue is a big success because people go in blindly without that initial experience. Now, if I asked a thousand of those bar owners that were failing and said, if you could have shadowed a bar owner who wasn't that successful, a really successful one, and then someone who was really hurting, they would take those experiences in a second. So don't have a fear of asking, can I shadow you for the day? I feel that I'm, I want to work with people and I might want to go into the bar business. I want to work with people. I might want to go into the commercial real estate business. There's nothing wrong with that. And if they say no, who the fuck cares? They said no. Are you going to walk around with a sign that said, I asked to shadow a real estate person in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and they rejected me? Wah, wah, wah. No, on to the next one. I wish I had the on to the next one mentality back when I had 500 of these ideas because I took the defeat and then I went home. Yeah, that's definitely a great idea. I never thought about it, but maybe I just need to word my email in the correct way with help from Liquor Lab. I would definitely say that you should call these people. Do not email these people. So let's get call into the, that, Abraham. That's okay. yeah. great point. Let's move into it. How do we go about getting in front of people who are in the industry that or industries that interact with people that help people? How do we go about that? One, pick up the phone. I don't believe in emailing these people because they get hundreds of emails. If they're a top broker, they're getting hundreds of emails. You have to put a voice to yourself. You have to humanize yourself. So one would be make the phone call, find the listing, make the phone call, find the person, find the local expert, find them, call them. They could say no. Who cares? Find another person. Someone find the number two salesman, find the number three, then go four down the number two because in your eyes, the number two, if they say yes, they're the number one because okay. they're Open. You know, a lot of people talk about podcasting and, and competition. You know, it's healthy. A lot of people talk about helping others, not helping others who want to do the same thing you want to do. If someone called me up today and said, I want to start a podcast, Ryan, can you help me? You think I would say no? Hell no. I would say, absolutely. When could we talk? Matter of fact, I had someone reach out to me and said, hey, I might need your help. I'm like, fuck yeah. I want to help everyone who can. If someone said, I want to go into digital marketing, I want to learn Facebook ads. I'm open for it. It's great. So if someone's not willing to help you break in because no one was helping them, that's wrong. And you shouldn't be with that person. You shouldn't even pressure mm -hmm. that person. Mm -hmm. Now, if everyone says no, find someone and pressure the fuck out of Someone's going to say yes. That's a thing. Someone's going to say yes to you. So that's it. Start. Make those phone calls. Identify the industries or professions that you might want to shadow someone in and shadow all different types of businesses, whether it's a bar business, a restaurant. I would suggest something that has a lot of coordination. You will realize quickly when you do shadow someone that everything costs money, nothing is free. I learned this as an intern when we had to cater a meeting of top executives at Madison in Square Garden, you had to request certain trays of food and coffee and sodas and, and all these things. You had to pull that out of your budget. Nothing was free. So that's a little sidetrack. You'll realize that immediately that nothing is free. Someone's paying for it along the line. You just don't see the person or you don't see the bill. Identify where you want to go, where you want to talk to people. And that, could, that doesn't just have to be with you like talking to people. It could be any industry. Let's say you're an auto mechanic. You like working on cars. 
call up the local service center at BMW and say, I have an interest. I might want to go get my certification from someplace to be a certified technician on BMWs. Go to the place, talk to them, talk to the place that you would get the certification. I am a hundred percent sure that if you called that place, they would have a list of a network and contacts that you could go to the dealership and see how it works. See how that, that functions, make that list. And you know what? If, if you made the list and made the calls, you have nothing, don't give up because this is what happens. You'll be unhappy the rest of your life. If you stop trying to find what you really love to do and what motivates you every morning, the liquor lab is something that motivates me every morning, whether it's the design on the website, dropping the teasers, the podcast, YouTube, figuring out how to promote us, figuring out how to promote the podcast, our services. It's a passion of mine, you know, motivating you. It's a passion of mine, motivating people, hearing the feedback, good and bad. Someone told me, you really know who your true friends are after you put something out and make yourself vulnerable to a lot of things. Had a long conversation with someone, a close friend of mine, and he told me, amongst other things, you're going to really find out who your true friends are. You're going to find out who your true friends are. Not that they have to buy a Liquor Lab t-shirt on sale right now, liquorlab.com, Venmo, Cash App, DM, size. It's going to be hot. It's going to be great quality, organic. That aside, liquorlab.com. If they don't buy a t-shirt, I don't care. Listen to the podcast. Oh, have you listened? No, I'm, I'm getting, no, no. You're going to find out who your friends are, who really supports you, who is really That's down true. to see That's you. True. Like, you know I it. Yeah. I, I, when I would show, uh, I would tell people wherever I was at, like, hey, have you listened to the podcast yet? And they're like, oh, I didn't know you had to download the Apple when we just had like the Apple podcast. They were like, oh, I don't want to download the Apple podcast. And I was like, come on, dude. Just it's a simple download. It takes 10 seconds. It's a free episode. So I was like, this really is an eye opener. Yeah, for, for, for sure. sure. He said that he was like, listen, you'll find out who your true friends are. And I but find I, out. I, I found out, sorry, I found out who my true friends are. I had someone reach out to me yesterday. Ride, love the podcast, love the site. For our team, for the Liquor Lab team, I kind of poked fun at you and put up a, a phony profile with just my stuff repeated. So yeah. I added the Liquor Lab team card to the homepage. My buddy, that that card has been up there for at least two weeks. My buddy now lives in Texas. He goes, Ride, I was on the website, love it. You want to check this out? And he told me, I said, Oh my God, that's so funny. I said, thank you so much. You know, I don't care what your feedback is. As long as you listen and tell me your negative feedback, right? I hate the podcast. Okay. As long as you listen, I don't really care. If you provide proactive feedback, like a few of my friends, one friend in Hawaii, he provided me great feedback. My cousin, great feedback. He wasn't like, Rye, you're the best podcaster on earth. I can't believe that you're not beating Joe Rogan's podcast. No, he didn't say that. He said, hey, check this out. Maybe you want to look at this. Maybe you want to focus here. Those are your true, they want to see you succeed. So let's tie it all up. Because you know, I could ramble for a long time and you could get me started into these little tangents. And before you know it, we're on for two hours. So find your passion, shadow people, make a list, reach out to people over the phone, look them up on LinkedIn, find out who are the leaders in your local area. Maybe they went to your university. You have something in common with them that you could reach out, 
say, I'm interested in this profession. Can I shadow you? Something great is going to come of that. One, you're either going to hate it and that'll be great because you'll find out that it sucks and it's not something you want to do. It's It doesn't motivate you. But there could be this aha moment where something happens that you're involved with it and you're like, wow, I need to do this. I need to be involved in this. I remember the first time I saw revenue come in for something I did. I was like, wow. This is amazing. That was a high for me. Just watching a digital marketing campaign bring in hundreds of thousands of dollars. That was like, this is for me. I love this. It's always on. It's fantastic. You're going to have that moment. It's are you opening up your horizons enough to find it? But don't feel like you have to make a decision anytime soon because if you are doing things to to get those experiences to find out if this is where you want to go, you might stumble upon something else. A, 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 A rep might come into your office while you're shadowing someone or having a part-time job in a lawyer's office. You always want to be a lawyer, let's say. And someone might come in and you get exposed to something and you're like, that's it. That's what I want to do. So talk to people, make lists, keep your horizons open. Don't be afraid to fail and just really make a list. What do I love to do? What am I passionate about? And then once you find it, see if you can make money off of it. And I'll tell you, you might get disinterested in that thing. People start careers and end careers. They're they're in film production and then they're a real estate agent because during a film production, they met a real estate agent and they saw them in action. It happens. It's okay. You don't have to sign, sign your career over that you have to stay in this lane forever. So with that said, great episode. Really loved it. We started off great with this Whole Foods part-time grocery team member rejection. This is good stuff. I really want anyone who's been rejected from a job they're overqualified for, immediately reach out to us, liquorlab.com. And also, if you need help with finding your passion, career consulting, liquorlab.com, career consulting, just scroll down to the career consulting card on the homepage, contact us. We're here for you. I can help you find and fast track what you're passionate about and what you could turn into a, a really big, successful career. And if Abraham hadn't spoken to me, if he didn't go through this process, with the podcast, with Liquor Lab Consulting, and really get in touch and identify what he's passionate about. He might have been in a career where he's, okay, he might have been making money, but he could have been unhappy for the rest of his life. And a lot of people get into those situations, they're stuck and they're miserable people. If you could do what you're passionate about first and identify it first, something else is going to happen. You're going to expose yourself to all these neighboring professions. or. Thank you for listening to episode seven of the Liquor Lab podcast, Resume Scrapes and Bots and Finding Your Passion. Few more points on finding your passion. Finding your passion is basically falling in love with something or someone, that chance meetup. You go out or you go somewhere you're not expecting or even looking for someone and you lock eyes and you're locking eyes with a possible career. Thank you, Abraham, for another great podcast. LiquorLab.com, everything you need, career consulting, contact us. You have a story about applying for a job and what you went through. Send us a line. We'll contact you or we'll talk about it on the podcast. Again, liquorlab.com. Thank you for listening. Liquorlab.com, liquorlab.com, liquorlab.com.